Hello and welcome to the Seeking Health Podcast with Josiah Anna and Jessica Meyer. Yay! <laughs> so today's podcast, we want to talk about a wedding sermon, about how true love changes people. Wedding sermons are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like, just get married. Just get married. I do. I do. I love you. I love you. Forever. Forever. You make us the bride. <laughs> I don't like weddings. <laughs> it kind of makes me feel like, you know, past, like everybody likes that chance to be listened to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like everybody's here. <laughs> Well, that's They're what I've heard a pastor say, actually. And... It's like, how often do you get all these non-church people in the church? Yes. This is the time to preach to them. This is the time to pound down their throats. How you must be saved or you're going to hell. That's what a pastor said to you? Yeah. Basically. Basically. Not quite like this. <laughs> okay, slightly you know? paraphrased. <laughs> But still, like yeah. basically, like this is our op- this, is this is my opportunity to preach to them. Yeah, and that's how they treated their own wedding, and then that's how they treat other weddings. So we were recently <laughs> at a wedding, and um, it wasn't a gospel message, but it was a message that made us think on the way home of kind of oh, that was an interesting. We didn't like the sermon, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, you found it interesting, and we talked about it, but I resorted to my childhood coping mechanism, and I blocked it out. I you sat blocked at the sermon? Yeah, like, I sat there so uncomfortable, and if I could have, I would have walked out, because I just can't stand sermons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, especially some sermons. Especially some sermons. And then, and, and like... So we're doing this podcast and I know things will pop back in because I did hear the sermon, Mm -hmm. but like I'm sitting here and I'm completely blank right now Mm -hmm. about it. Um, If it wasn't for the notes that you and I wrote out right after, um, just because that's how I cope Mm -hmm. with religious BS. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which is interesting on two counts. First of all, because that is disassociation, which is a coping mechanism to trauma. So it's kind of... To drama or to trauma? trauma. <laughs> Probably to both. <laughs> well, I just... Now that we're further down this road of recovery, it's just interesting to think like, oh, like you're being traumatized, so you need to have like this coping mechanism. Yeah. And how common is that to kind of be like, oh, this sermon's so bad. I'm just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And it, it, it was not a conscious choice at all. Right. Just yeah. like... Because we were talking about the sermon on the way home, and it's like, what was it again? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, like, like I didn't agree with it, but I was sitting there listening to it. And, like, what are you really going to do? Like, I have never walked out on a sermon in my life. Well, especially at a wedding. I mean, I mean especially at a wedding. You're not going to walk out. You're not going to be like... I would probably send the wrong with message. all the five kids it's yeah. like seven people walking oh out goodness. and it's a COVID wedding so it's super small to start with <laughs> and the dog and the dog because you know yes we, we had, had our dog. dog at our wedding there's a story there anyway so there were two key messages that really rubbed me the wrong way the first one was like well they were kind of interlinked so the pastor was going on and on about 
his son and oh I love my son so much he can't be here blah blah, blah. he had to do that little thing which was also annoying but um <laughs> using your kids as examples yeah <laughs> and saying that you're best friends when like oh whatever um they're not there to say the other half um but his son apparently had this teddy bear that he loved so much even though it was a dollar store teddy bear he said it wasn't didn't cost very much it got dragged through the mud it got left places it was smelly you really got this mental picture of a teddy bear that was not nice and he said but because my son loved it so much it became so precious to him and then kind of the dry the the punchline of the sermon was that in marriage your spouse might not always be wonderful and he just kind of left it at that but we had just heard like stinky smelly cheap <laughs> ugly she may not always do her hair she may not always be pretty Is that what it, did he say that or i don't know you definitely you could kind of fill in the blanks <laughs> yes. you got the idea like you might have married a troll a, a terrible ugly person but your love can make them a wonderful person yeah i and actually it, remember that part like what he kind of ended it with that that like love can change people and yeah. i forget his exact wording but i thought it's like if you love them as god told you to love them they can change or mm-hmm. something like that and i was like this is so wrong on so many levels mm-hmm. like and that leads to staying in abusive relationships well that's what i thought of right away was well, for one thing, what would be terrible is if there's all these red flags and maybe you're sitting there in the audience and you're dating or you're engaged and you have all these red flags and then the pastor gives you this false assurance that, well, if you love him enough, it's okay, he'll change. Yeah. So then the the problem, if he doesn't change, becomes that you don't love him enough. Yeah. So there you go. That It's always the woman's fault, isn't it? Yeah. Everything always ends up being the woman's fault. I mean, I guess, I guess he wasn't saying necessarily it was only the woman. Like the man no, can love as if he, as if, if the man loves his wife as Christ loves the church, then she can change. Like mm-hmm. his love can change her or something like that. And I was just like, this is really, really wrong. Which could be just as bad the other way because yeah. men can marry abusive women too. Yeah, for and sure. And they need to recognize, like the first step in recovering from an abusive relationship is understanding that. It's not all your fault. No, and it's not always 50-50. No. <laughs> and sometimes it is 80-20 and sometimes it is 100%, 0%. Yes, yes. Like there are people that marry narcissists, psychopaths, and uh, sociopaths. And yes, they're all imperfect people. But like you can literally marry somebody with no conscience that just yeah. uses you and tears you down and destroys you. And at that point, it's not helpful to say oh, well, there's two sides to every story. Like, sometimes the side is like, well, he's a bad person and she's a victim. Yeah, yeah. And the person in that abusive relationship thinks that if they can only act better, if they can Mm -hmm. only love better, if they can only be better, because they're being gaslit that all the problems are theirs, Mm -hmm. so then it's like, if I can only love better, if I can be more like Christ, then my marriage would get fixed. Mm-hmm. There would be like, uh, and that's basically what he was saying in mm-hmm. his sermon at a wedding. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. So yeah. And that maybe that's why it really struck, struck me was that that is a trauma response and it is a, um, yeah, it is what an abuser does to somebody. 
yeah. gaslighting or or victim which blaming. is turning the situation yeah. making you feel like you're the one who caused it when they're the one who caused it that's yeah. what gaslighting is yeah like why did you burn the toast or I, I don't know I'm trying to think like how we could it's like why didn't you take out the toast when it was ready instead of leaving it in there it's like well I wasn't responsible for your toast you're the mm-hmm. one who put it in there Mm-hmm. But if you're in an abusive situation, you're not going to reply that. You're just going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot that. I didn't realize that you put it in. Otherwise, I would have taken it out. Yeah. And suddenly it's your fault when it's like, that's not your job. <laughs> or he does, he do, he puts the toast in and then he forgets it. And then somehow it's like, oh, why didn't you remind me? Or like, you were talking to me so loud, I didn't even hear it pop. Or somehow. Yeah. Or I was so perfect. hungry at work because I forgot my toast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you didn't give it to me. <laughs> I don't right. know. Like, just... it's hard to think on the spot of a yeah, good example yeah. of gaslighting. But it the vic the the abuser will always shift things so that the the victim feels like it's their fault, and they can become locked in this world of feelings. Though they're always yeah at at fault, always to blame, and everybody else is the problem. Like the kids are the problem. The you know other people are the problem. People in the church are the problem. The spouse is certainly the problem, but the abuser is never the problem. He's never the problem. He, he always, always has, has a way of shifting it. Yeah. And so, like, for that that person, whether it's the man or the woman or, or, or a child or whoever in the abusive relationship, for them to find freedom, the first thing they need to understand is, like, this is a bad, this is a person that is hurting you. They're not necessarily a bad person. That's maybe like emotionally charged or, or, you know, all people are good and bad, whatever. But like you're being abused. You need to understand that first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And it is not your fault. The toast was not your fault. It was, he put, he's a grown ass man. He put the toast in the toaster. If he forgot it and burned it, it is fucking fault. It's not your fault for being too loud or being too happy or nothing. It's not your fault. That's his fault for putting the toast in. Yeah. And yeah, so that 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 is what keeps victims locked in. Yeah. Is feeling like it's always their fault because then they feel like, oh, okay, well I just need to try harder, I need to try yeah. harder, I need to try harder. I need to love as Christ loved the church and then yeah. everything will be better and that's what this pastor said. And that's what he was saying is that if you love enough, you're going to change people, even somebody that's dirty and smelly and nasty and Yeah, like the teddy bear. Like the teddy and bear. And he went a long time about the teddy bear. He talked about the teddy bear a lot. It's like half the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. I have a very it's vivid like, picture of the thing. There's never ever a time that I think this should be said from the pulpit that enough love will change the other person. Yeah. Like I don't think there's ever a time really to, so. for that to be said. And so it's only it's only consequences as it sounds nice, but mm-hmm. the the consequences is that it continues abuse. Yeah. Um it's just so frustrating. Like Mm -hmm. for me as someone who's like deconstructing this year, like questioning all of faith, all of evangelicalism, all of the Bible, everything, even if the Bible is even true, like that's where I'm at. And I hear this kind of sermon at church. I haven't been to church in months and I'm like, fuck that. I'm out of here. I'm done with this. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not (laughs) like I was not wanting to be there for a sermon (laughs) and I got forced into a sermon and it's a horribly unhealthy sermon Uh and I'm like yeah I'm done Uh (laughs) I'm like um yeah it's just like it's so unhealthy Uh 
It's like, for one, it's not going to draw anyone to Christ. For two, it's going to continue any abuse of people that was there. Mm-hmm. For three, it it's teaching newlyweds the wrong idea. This is not how you start a relationship. I mean, the relationships already start way before the wedding. Mm-hmm. But like... If well, listen, you would hope so. You would hope <laughs> Unless so. it's an ATI wedding. <laughs> How many well, stranger? Let's have no, sex. No, betrothal. Betrothal wasn't an ATI, but it was. Anyways. it was a thing in some circles. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So then, when we were talking about this sermon on the way home from it, we we thought back about our our experience, and we mm. were young, and we were ignorant, and we didn't really. We were both like each other's first boyfriend girlfriend didn't have much experience mm-hmm. um but we talked about some things that we just naturally came up in our relationship that was not loving each other till we changed it yeah. was setting boundaries mm-hmm. and that's really the key is when we thought through it it's like the times that actually that i have a great example for this like the the times that we were just sweet or just kind or just loved the other person issues dragged on and even things that didn't need to be a big deal ended up being a big deal yeah because it's just swept under the carpet because it's just swept (laughs) under the carpet whereas when one of us put up a boundary and said actually that behavior is not okay and maybe they did it in a gentle way but maybe especially before we were married it was like no this is a deal breaker Mm -hmm. and that really pushed especially it pushed me to be like oh actually that's something i can change and that would be a good thing for me to change yeah and i'm so grateful at this point for the boundaries you put up because they have I would not be the person I am today without those boundaries. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but like as far as being sweet, it reminds me of um how when we were first married, I always eat the things on my plate that I like first. <laughs> and then I eat the stuff I don't really like. Whereas you do the opposite. Yeah. You start with what you don't like and then you move out to the edges of what. I want to finish with my favorite. Yeah. So it took us a while. Like for a while it was like I would finish my food and then I'd be like, oh, would you like me to finish that? <laughs> and you and your very loving, loving <laughs> husband to Christ, good submissive <laughs> wife was like, okay. You were eating my favorite parts. <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> and you thought that you were helping me I by eating what I don't favorite. like. It's like, oh, <laughs> you don't like that. And it just happened, just so happens that that's my favorite part of the meal. So like, it's perfect. Well, even if it wasn't your favorite part of the meal, it was just food. <laughs> yeah, well. Anyways. But lack of communication. At some point we communicated on that. Which was awkward. It was awkward. But then I understood and then I felt really embarrassed because I didn't realize. I mean, it's funny the things that you just assume and you don't know until the other person tells you. Yeah. Communication is key. Is key, right? Even, you know, fifteen years in. Yeah. If we don't communicate for a day, we're starting to feel un unhooked, like we need to we need to communicate. But anyway, so some of the great things, um I don't know which ones really stand out to you, but um there was this one time that we were just really young in our relationship and uh, we were playing cards. I remember, I remember playing cards. There's p- some parts of it that were really clear, some that are not so much. But I just really remember kind of like pouring my heart out to you. But it was in a way that was like really dark and just really like um, heavy 
and kind of like like there's two there's people that genuinely are having a hard time and are depressed and are sad and then there's some people that are just like being dramatic yeah and just looking for a mommy to be like oh poor little baby when they need to pick themselves up grow up grow up (laughs) (laughs) and that's what I was doing I I was just being a little baby and you know as we were playing cards I was doing this I and I I forget everything I said except that I remember where I was sitting and (laughs) left an impression and I remember at a certain point I kind of looked up at you and I realized like this is not connecting you're not okay with this and I remember walking what how do you remember that memory because it kind of gets fuzzy after that except that I understood that was not okay I, I yeah I remember you talking and I was just like I can't be with someone who's that depressed like but it it feels horrible to say that that now that like I have been through depression, but there was a difference. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't true depression. It was just like, oh, woe is me, la la la. Like it, mm-hmm. it yeah, for the attention, I guess mm-hmm. probably. But yeah. at that time, I was like, uh, like this is, I'm not signing up for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I said something. I don't remember what I said, but I kind of like, um, <laughs> I don't remember what I said. But it's like I can't put up, like I can't fix this. I can't. Yeah. I don't think I I'm pretty sure you didn't say anything really direct, but your body language spoke volumes. I remember you getting <laughs> up and walking away and like you like you said something polite to me, but you got up and you left and I followed after you and it was like okay, like <laughs> that didn't work, you know, and I I was really kind of trying to backpedal and think through how to no, I'm I'm good. I'm cheerful. Like let's do something fun, you know. <laughs> and and it was very much like well, it was like we were talking about the previous podcast that we put out these bids. Yeah. You know, and it was like, I tried that and it really didn't work. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, well, I'm not going to try that again because I got a very negative reaction. Right. Yeah. Out of that. And, and that made me a better person because like, certainly there are times when I have been very sad, very depressed, sincerely needed your help. Yeah. And when I did, you were definitely there because it was sincere. But there, there is a way that you can guilt somebody into giving you an inordinate amount of attention yeah and that's what I was trying to do and you weren't you weren't up for that yeah but that like looking back I mean it tied to your childhood and that's yeah. how it worked so so it makes sense but for me at the time looking back again I mean it it, it was a boundary I put up like mm-hmm. we were just friends at the time we weren't even dating but we were very interested in each other mm-hmm. we were like quote unquote just friends mm-hmm. um but it yeah, it was my boundary. It was like, we can be friends, but like, I can't be, I can't be your therapist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a really great, yeah. You can't, you can't fix somebody that you're romantically involved yeah. with. That that doesn't work. And the other example that comes to mind is, um, were we on our honeymoon, the first month of our marriage? And, you know, we're like, oh, yeah. Now moving in together for the first time, we are combining our finances for the first time because, you know, we did everything in those steps <laughs> and um, we walked to the bank because we live close, walked to the bank and our bank account had a 
was overdrawn by five dollars and we were hit with fees Mm -hmm. and that pissed me off that made me so mad we didn't talk the whole way back home (laughs) Mm -hmm. which was about a about a mile walk yeah it was it was a waste we were newlyweds (laughs) and we were just not talking because like in and the fee was under ten dollars it was i think it was around seven dollars but it was under ten dollars that's huge (laughs) i so for some background there i'm very careful with finances i'm a planner i had never had an overdrawn account before um always live within my means i'm a saver um and yes just i was not because (laughs) well he also did not my parents did teach me about finances Uh they did a great job of that um, and just, I didn't have that. Um, my parents taught me about finances. Yeah. You live paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> might run out of money between, before the next paycheck and you might go bankrupt. But anyway. Actually, uh, I think I taught them about finances. Anyways, whatever. That's another story. <laughs> that is Moving a story. On. But, it, but it influences how you yeah. saw finances. So for you, it's like, oh, $5, $7 charge. Oh, no biggie. Yeah. No big deal. That's okay. That's not a big deal. That's just $7. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like, this is not okay because that $7 can buy like this and this and this at the grocery store. And mm-hmm. like it, it, that's a waste of money. And you're probably also thinking of the things you went without because I remember, I remember at that time, like you even relaxed a little bit from then, but really mm-hmm. you would go without things oh, like, yeah. for a long time that yes. you really sincerely needed and wanted. Yeah. And never bought any wants really. Yeah. Um, at that things time. Things like 2 $3 you would go without. Oh, yeah. For a really long time. You make do without things rather than spend money to mm-hmm. buy something. Um, and yes, I have relaxed about that just to have a nicer quality of life. And mm-hmm. and, and I think it's a good relaxing. I mean, you do need to enjoy life. Like, mm-hmm. But still within our means, we still mm-hmm. don't go into debt for things. Um, other than the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's good. But at that time... Here we're combining finances and suddenly, although we knew we had different background, it really hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was huge shock. And um, I think even we had combined it into my account, my bank account oh. too. <laughs> so like, yes, I was very angry um, and just I couldn't understand. And I was time. angry too. I was angry but that you were angry. And I was like, yeah. it's just seven bucks. Like, Yeah, you didn't understand how big of a deal was. And I was thinking, like, I make $15 an hour. It's only half. I, I don't know. I was just thinking, well, it's not that much money in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, because that's what you'd heard over yeah. and over. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, we can laugh about it now. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was a huge moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a big I remember, fight. I <laughs> oh, we were, I... I remember. I still kind of feel it a little bit inside. I can tell. <laughs> I'm really called ten stuff. Five dollars. Oh, drawn. This is not okay. Um, but we have it forced us to very good conversation once I calm down, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have never gone overdrawn again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've had some really tight moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've learned to make do without rather than <laughs> go overdrawn. Yeah. And it also set up boundaries like, um, well, it helped us figure out our roles in mm-hmm. marriage as well. Um, some people, the men can head up the finances in the home mm-hmm. and in our home, I will head it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we convert, we talk about everything like it, it, it's fine. 
But that was a defining moment where it's like, I'm not just going to love you. Like, oh, that's too bad. Like, this this shouldn't have happened. It's overdrawn. But I forgive you. It's all good. Like, we'll be mm-hmm. fine. Then it would have happened over and over and over. Yeah. And it would have established a pattern in our marriage that is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like... And that would have been enabling behavior. Yes, enabling. But according to the sermon, it would have been loving as Christ loved the church, basically. It's just, That's just like, not how Jesus loves the church. No. No. He got angry sometimes. Yeah. I like to copy that part. <laughs> we'll take that part of the Bible. I mean, Christians pick and choose what they want to follow, so I'll just pick and choose that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also respectful. Like, we were talking in the previous podcast about respect and, like... Mm. Like you're, there's this image of a man that is so emotionally fragile that if the woman critiques him on anything, he'll just fall apart and be a failure at work and all that stuff. But like, what I found is when you set up a boundary and then we hash it out and we work it out and then it's like, okay, that's what I need to rise to. Mm. It makes me a better person and I feel respected. Whereas when you were just talking now, like imitating that, like, oh, like it's okay. (laughs) You know, you made a mistake, but I understand. It's like, I just feel weak. When it's you like say treating that. you like a child. Yeah, I, I mean, don't want to be make like mistakes like that, and I'd be work through it and learn from it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but not an adult. But like a grown person, yeah. If you make mistakes, Man like, <laughs> well, I mean, you might get fired. You might somebody might yell at you. You know, like this is the real fucking world now. Like you mm-hmm. can't just. Oh, low is me. I've made mistakes, but everybody's going to, you know, yeah, clean up my mess behind me. That's not how the world works. No. And that's not how a relationship should work. Yeah. No. So, anyways, yeah. that it was good our... to talk about this sermon. Yeah. It, it's fun to podcast through our <laughs> our venting yeah. of it. It's okay it, to not agree with sermons. It's okay to not agree with sermons. They're pastor. Pastors are humans. Yeah. Like they're not. They're not God, and they're not one step under God, and you're underneath them. No, mm-hmm. no, we are equal. Male, female pastors are lay people. Like we're just question. Yeah. God can handle your anger and your questions, no matter what. It's not going to send you to hell for questioning. Yeah. If you believe in hell. <laughs> I don't know what I believe. Um, just like yeah. the Bereans that discuss Paul's sermon after. Yeah. And, you know. I wish that some, some pastors, I wonder, like, does anybody talk to you afterwards about how your illustrations came across? Because you just yeah. get a feeling sometimes, like, people feel like they can never critique the pastor, perhaps, but... Well, it would be very difficult. I find yeah. it would be very difficult for me to go up to a pastor and critique. Mm-hmm. I mean, mind you, my dad was my pastor, but... <laughs> I've had an awkward conversation. <laughs> dad. <laughs> well, I kind of have had those conversations a little bit when he used me as an illustration that was not okay mm. from a church and I think he has been more careful <laughs> since then but anyway it, it <sighs> love is not just a dirty old dollar store teddy bear mm-hmm. and you have value I think that needs to come across too that everybody has yeah. value but if you're not being treated right if you're not being treated according to the value that you have put up boundaries and put up boundaries I hear a lot of good about boundaries in marriage. The yeah. book, the book Boundaries in Marriage. I haven't read it. I hear a lot of good about it though, and there's lots of stuff online. Like you can fo- follow Henry Cloud on Facebook, mm-hmm. and he posts stuff about boundaries in relationships. Um, 
just follow tags even like mm-hmm. on instagram and things like that like spiritual abuse religious trauma religious trauma syndrome religious trauma institute um i'm sure i guess those are more religious abuse and stuff but i'm sure there's some for abuse too or boundaries just boundaries, boundaries. um what's that one facebook that you follow uh, about narcissism um uh, luke luke Thir- 713 or I Luke don't know, 713 Luke something yeah I think it's Luke 713 and she if you're interested in Christian stuff um, she posts stuff on narcissism um, followed her for a while mm-hmm. um, it's just there's just a lot of good resources uh, you don't just love the other person as Christ loved the church you love the other person you respect the other person but you you do that by putting boundaries mm-hmm. and any healthy relationship will have boundaries. And mm-hmm. that's just really important. And that does not mean you don't love the other person. It's that you love them so much that you can't stand for their abuse anymore. Yeah. Like you love them so much that you will refuse to let them continue to sin against you. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is it. Like, no, I'm not going to enable your abuse. I'm not going to enable you hurting me. So mm-hmm. put up a boundary um, connect with counselors so you have someone to run things off of um, just to feedback and that can be so helpful as well um, good friendships online like they can't fill all your needs but you can bounce stuff up and kind of off of them and kind of realize like help you see through some things mm-hmm. I mean just last week I was chatting with a friend a lot and she was like no that wasn't normal like we talked about stuff from my childhood and she's like no that that's not normal mm-hmm. that's not and it was really good for me to hear that. Yeah. Um, that that's not normal because it's all, I feel like it's not normal, but I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, just to hear someone else feedback that to me is helpful. So, yeah, just mm-hmm. seek help for abuse and I'll just love to domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And it might be abuse or it might just be um like behavior that could be better like right yeah it doesn't have to be abused yeah. it, it, we just need to we help each other out yeah. to become better people um there's a verse in proverbs about just as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another sorry mm. verse you're <laughs> <laughs> making a face i'm cringing um, cringing in bible verses yeah because they've been so misused but I, I do think that's a helpful principle that two good people, you know, there's friction, but you, as you have those hard edges a little bit, you kind of push each other to be better. <laughs> yes, I agree. Why are you laughing? Oh, that would increase your ratings too much. <laughs> so if there's too going. much friction, then you use Stop. lubrication. <laughs> All right, it's time to wrap it up. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Because I'm bad, so. Ooh. <laughs> All right, Finn. <laughs> so respect yourself and respect your spouse, and have good boundaries. That's how you're gonna change people and have a good marriage. The end. <laughs> <laughs>